0: Hello, this is Justin Coleman, senior pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. I thought it would be appropriate here at the beginning of this All Saints message to begin in our memorial garden where so many saints have been laid to rest. Let's take a few moments to silently remember our faithful departed. Oh God, we do give you thanks for all the saints. And now please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me, so that the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. We typically celebrate All Saints on the first Sunday in November, which is, of course, always proximate to Halloween. And some of you may have wondered if this was more than a coincidence. And indeed, it is more than a coincidence. Halloween and All Saints are part of a liturgical season in the life of the church called Hallowmas. Or All Hallow. Hide. All right, so here's how this all works. Hallow means holy. Muss is about a mass, which is a worship service, which often includes communion. What you think about a Catholic Mass worship service that includes communion. So, Hallowmas was this liturgical season that included All Hallows Eve. This is how you get Halloween. All Hallows Eve. So, Hallow. And then for Eve, or All Hallows' Evening, that's how you get the Een, Halloween. So Halloween was the eve before All Saints' Day, just like Christmas Eve is the eve before Christmas Day. So on October 31st, you have All Hallows' evening or halloween but then on november 1st you have all saints day and then on november 2nd all souls day and between this evening and these two days you have the liturgical season of hallowmas now On All Saints Day, you remember to live as saints. You remember to live as saints by being reminded of what is considered major saints in the life of the church. Saints that are venerated in the life of the church. We'll talk more about that in a bit. So, you think about those saints that have gone on, but you also are reminded that everyone is called to live as saints, even in the here and now. Now, All Souls Day was about remembering all the departed. So, these might not be venerated saints, but all the souls who passed on, you remember them. And at a certain point in church history, uh, in the Catholic Church at least, there was a prayer for certain souls to be moved out of purgatory. Now, for the Protestant Church, we've kind of taken all of this together together And we think about All Saints Day as a time when we remember uh, the faithful departed. And we talk about living as saints. As is often the case with these liturgical cycles of the year, there are cultural insertions in them. And so when we think about uh, major liturgical seasons in the Christian church, there are also additional insertions that are popular culturally. And this is where you get people dressing up and costumes and things like that. You can go online and research part of that history. Essentially, it had to do with this time when we think about this world and the world beyond this life and the life beyond. Think about the connection and the closeness uh, of these two worlds and this life and the life to come. And because of certain superstitions around that, you get Halloween. But for our purposes today, we want to think about the lives of the saints, the lives of our faithful departed, and how we can also live as saints today. This is an icon in my office that relates to our passage from Revelation. This is called the New Jerusalem icon. It's a depiction of Christ, and here's how it relates to the New Jerusalem. You see the Jerusalem cross there at the top, and also this city. The artist is Scott Erickson, and he will often depict the New Jerusalem kind of like this. And so this city coming out of heaven from God. But also note Christ in this picture. You see a glimmer of light on Christ's forehead and cheeks and nose. And you also see the position of Christ's eyes. Looking above us, beyond us, as if Christ is seeing, imagining this new Jerusalem. And that's it, this New Jerusalem comes from, it emerges from the mind of Christ. Jesus can see it and the light of this glorious new city it begins to shine on Jesus' face. I love how the artist has done that. Uh, Jesus imagines this new city. Jesus has seen our place uh, in it. This is something that is coming. It's a church of the future uh, coming to us today. And what is powerful about this New Jerusalem in the way that the book of Revelation talks about it is, it's not about going up to heaven, as the image that we often use. It's heaven coming to us. It's a reminder of how God values this earth, values God's creation. It's not that we escape it, no, but that God brings all of God's glory and all of God's goodness to resurrect this world. We don't need to escape the world. Christ will come and resurrect, recreate everything. So now back to this question of what makes a saint a saint. Sometimes people will come and ask me, well, pastor, does the Methodist Church have saints like the Catholic Church does? And Well, the simple answer is no, but I want to give you a little bit of the history lesson so you can see the journey. The Catholic Church does venerate saints, and saints are ones who have performed miracles or been a part of some extraordinary acts of faith. Now, the Anglican Church, of which the Episcopal Church is part of, broke away from the Catholic Church over issues of divorce and remarriage. And then the Methodist Church emerged from the Anglican Church. So the Anglican Church still does celebrate feast days of saints, of which the feast day for John and Charles Wesley is is one of those. But then by the time the Methodist Church emerges from the Anglican or the Episcopal Church, that was one of the things that we in large part, left behind. And so we talk about saints more in the strictly Pauline sense or way the Apostle Paul talks about it in Scripture. And so what makes a saint a saint? Well, a Christian is a saint. This basic definition, all those who've been claimed by Christ, all those who are part of the family of God, we are all saints. Okay, good. So we're all saints, at least with a uh, a lowercase s, but what are the characteristics of a saint? Well, a saint is someone who lives out the fruit of the Spirit. Here's an example of a person who does that. So I was watching a movie uh, about Fred Rogers, where Tom Hanks plays Fred Rogers. Uh, many of you uh, may have seen this movie. And so in this scene, Fred Rogers, or Mr. Rogers, is engaging with a group of people. And the journalist who's been uh, studying and is going to be writing about Mr. Rogers is there with Mr. Rogers' spouse. And the journalist says to uh, Mrs. Rogers, your husband's like a saint. And she doesn't like it when people say that. She says, because if you say that, it could put some distance between Fred and yourself. It makes people feel like he's doing something that they cannot attain, something that's unattainable. She says, No, Fred practices, he works at it. He makes being uh, kind and compassionate and empathetic spiritual disciplines. And so she says, I mean, everybody can do that. I love this moment. In the movie because I believe it's absolutely true. If we practice the spiritual disciplines of disciplines of prayer and Bible study and service along with others, these are ways that we cultivate the qualities of saintliness in our lives. Being loving, joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and self-controlling. Um, uh, being Empathetic, being compassionate, being grace-filled, being loving. Uh, All those things are elements of saintliness. All those things are elements of holiness. Holiness is also something that we ought to talk about when we talk about saintliness, walking in Christ's likeness. Jesus says, Be holy as your Father, as God in heaven, is holy. Okay, be holy as God is holy. So so what does holiness look like? Well, again, it looks like the fruit of the Spirit that I named earlier. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It means allowing one's character, one's ethics to be formed by scriptural imagination, formed by walking with God. Holiness means being set apart. Well, what does being set apart mean? Well, being set apart means being being like Christ. That's simply what it means here, being like God. Um, knowing that there are certain things that you could do, but you don't do it because you're trying to be Christ-like. You don't do those things because they can Uh, harm you or harm others. They're not good for you. They're not good for, for others. And so you seek to be like Christ, set apart, holy as our God in heaven is holy. Holiness is not some kind of uh, uh, um, rule of measure, some kind of measuring stick where you say, well, do you, (laughs) do you measure up or not? And if you don't measure it, we're going to slap you across uh, the wrist. No, 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 no. That's not what holiness is about. Holiness is about being Christ-like, being loving and, and grace-filled, engaging the world in a way that is informed by our faith. That's what holiness is about. Holiness is a, is a good thing that we should all strive for each and every day, Of our lives. When God looks at us, God sees saints. God sees that you are set apart. God created you special and unique. God set you apart in the very act of creation. And so when we talk about holiness, It's about recognition. It's about recognizing what God has already done as God formed you, recognizing the goodness that is already present in you, recognizing the love that surrounds you and the love that fills you up, and then living from that place. Being in the world in accordance with who we know ourselves to be. And God, that is what holiness is about. And so when we think today about the saints, when we think today about those who we love, those that we have loved and who've gone to be with Christ, these are ones who fully know how God has always beheld them. These are ones who continue to pray for us. I do believe the saints continue to pray for us and I for one could use all the prayers I can get. And so what God longs for is for us to recognize what the saints who are in heaven with God recognize now. How loved we are, how filled with God's grace we are, Uh, How filled with God's character and, and nature we are and how we have great potential to reflect God's goodness in the world and how we do so even now. Holiness is about recognizing God in this world, God reflected in this world, God reflected in the lives of one another. Holiness is about seeing that in others, seeing it in ourselves, and simply being in the world who God calls us to be. And so I challenge you today to, to recognize this saintliness, recognize this holiness, and to delight when you see it in others and when you see it in yourself just as God delights. My challenge to you is also to be thankful for all of those saints who've gone on, who've lived into the Christian hope that we all carry. And may we live our lives for all the saints, honoring the saints who have come before us, and seeking to honor God as we reflect God's nature in this world, hoping that others will also recognize who they are already in Christ. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church, where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.